we'd like to start off this episode by tributing a footballing legend who sadly passed away on the 25th of November 2020, Diego Maradona. Loved by millions, the talented Argentine will be missed by the whole footballing world. Diego played 490 club games during his 21-year professional career, scoring 259 goals and a further 34 for country Argentina. For a player of his talent, three league titles, two domestic cups, a UEFA Cup and a World Cup doesn't sound like much, but greatness lies in something beyond silverware. Our condolences go to his friends and family at these tough times. Rest in peace, Diego. You'll be sincerely missed. Top the league, say we are top the league. We are top the league, say we are top the league. Right, I've had enough. I've I've had enough, mate. Who's put twenty p in this Tottenham fan? Take it out. I'm not having this. I'm not having it. Hello and welcome to episode two of our podcast series on the ball with me, George Bruce, and myself, Alfie Chapman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've just pronounced deluded Tottenham fan wrong. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Deluded with a capital D. Very rich coming from the mid-table Brentford fan. What's that classic saying? Get some of some ice for that burn. Yeah, maybe three points at the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Right. Let's kickstart our second episode. Alfie, let me know what's about. All right, guys, so we're going to be talking about the man sitting pretty at the Premier League, back where he belongs. The special one has taken Tottenham back to the top of the Premier League for the first time in six years. And Jose Mourinho is going to be the topic of this conversation today. Oh, well, because you think so highly of him. Let me give you a trivia question on him. Oh, All right. Fancy that? Yeah, go on. Easy. All right, OK. In 2011, Jose yeah. Mourinho was in the front of which... Classic magazine. Okay. Well, you, is, is that the question? That is the question, and you've got to answer that by the end of this episode. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of magazines. You might as well just ask me who walks Jose Mourinho's dog. Well, you're going to have to answer it one way or another, or you've <laughs> lost. Okay, we'll see. And that's three points to Gryffindor. <laughs> All right, well, just now I'm going to be getting you back next week with sort of questions like these. All right, shall we call it trivia time then? Yeah, let's do it. Let's make it a thing. Come on then. All right, cool. All right, so let's kick start off with Jose Mourinho. I want to talk about his classic time at Inter Milan, right? Yep, let's go. So, obviously, before Jose Mourinho took over Inter Milan, Roberto Mancini was head coach in the 2008 season. Oh, yeah. But he was sacked due to several reasons, including refusing to play Luis Figo, and problems with the medical staff. Mm. Did you know that? I didn't, I didn't. Was this but yeah. Mancini had already been at Man City, or was this this was before Man City, wasn't it? This was before Man City, yeah. This was 2007-8 season. Oh, yeah, so the oil money hadn't come in yet. Yeah, yeah, oil money wasn't there yet. Oh, right. Um But, yeah, um, Mourinho was appointed for the 2008-9 season. Yeah. He won the title that season, and then something big happened the following season. I think we all know what happened. That was a... That was a big uh, reason for football, I think. No, no, no Italian club has done this, but he took Inter Milan to win the treble, which was the UEFA Champions League, the Serie A, and Coppa Italia. 
I, I mean, Juventus are still trying to do, even with spending exactly. money with Cristiano Ronaldo. I know, with, with Ronaldo and stuff, that they still haven't managed to do it. But he, he took Inter Milan back then. They had great players back then. Absolutely phenomenal. And then you think about the UEFA Champions League final. It, it was a 2-0 win for them that, against Bayern Munich. I know. One of my I favourite mean, players scoring as well. Diego Melito. Class it, But the game beforehand with against Barcelona, that was yeah. incredible. I mean... It, it, you, you think of Jose Mourinho and you think defensive masterclass, don't you? He, he knows the right formations. Exactly. He knows the right tactics because they were down for, to 10 men for most of the game, weren't they? Yeah, he, and... he knows how to play Guardiola. We saw that at the weekend. It's, it's, he's got him in his back pocket, George. I know, but looking at the stats that game against Barcelona, of yeah. course, like the final was quite a big game, but the semi-final itself was huge because it, the first leg, they were no trouble... They they breezed past Barcelona, Barcelona. But the second game, they were down to ten men within the first half hour or so. They they uh-huh. had to play sixty odd minutes with Against ten men. That Barcelona team that was when they were at their peak as well. Think of exactly. The players that the team had. So you they ha- I was looking at the stats: eighty five possession, eighty five percent possession for Barcelona, mm. and Mourinho still guided them to the final. And in the final, they won. I mean. It- it's like what the reporter said to Mourinho at the weekend. He said um, Pep had 80% possession and he said, yes, but Pep can take the ball home. I'll take the three points. Exactly. So I, I think his time at Inter Milan was phenomenal because every every Italian club wants to win the league. But to win the treble, no other club has done that. As I mentioned, near Syria. No, it's something truly amazing. I mean, it just shows the strength he has as a manager. And any player you now talk to literally will talk about Mourinho in the highest regards. And I think what really um, caught me about that final was he'd already he already knew he was going to Madrid after this. And I feel it was, was it Marco Materazzi? When Mourinho was in the car park and he was just leaving the stadium and you see the scene of him crying with his team, Knowing that he was leaving them behind after achieving such great, like, great things, and yeah, it just showed that he has true, like, passion with his players, and it's just a real team effort for him. Exactly. So it it really proves to me why he's nick he's nicknamed the special one, and he, he's such an incredible leader. I know exactly. I mean, yeah, he's just an amazing manager. We're so lucky to have him back in the Premier League. Something we can appreciate every week. I mean, especially me as a Tottenham fan. Yeah, but as a Tottenham fan, he, you're you're not the only uh, Premier League club to experience his greatness, are you? I know. Um, so I'm. I was going to go into maybe his time at Chelsea, where he really started developing his name as the special one from the first press conference when he called himself. He started his Premier League career in London. So how about start us with that, George? Yeah, go for it, mate. Well, he was named manager of Chelsea in June 2004, just after um, winning the Champions League with Porto. I mean, what an achievement that is. Porto. He, I know. He beat teams like Man United on the journey to win that Champions League. Exactly. Porto, top club in Portugal. But it's top club in Portugal. I don't see the top club in Portugal challenging anymore. I mean, that is very since, true. Ever since Mourinho left, has, has Portuguese football challenged like that? I no. Can't, you... I can't remember a time. You don't really see like Portuguese football that competitive anymore, do you? You don't. I mean, you've got what is it, Benfica, Sporting, Porto, but it's just Europa League now. I feel. Like, yeah. 
Yes, but I just feel that was a great achievement. Went to Chelsea, called himself the special one. I mean, what kind of pressure is that? I know. If you if you want to nickname yourself the special one, you you got to do something special. You've, you've got like, to deliver. I mean, and he was taken over from Claudio Ranieri, like really popular, um, like manager at the time. Like he wasn't doing too badly for Chelsea, and like it was a bit. I feel a bit controversial, but it all came in to touch when um, Roman took over Roman Abramovich and he wanted he wanted the special one he was the one that knew Chelsea were going to push further and further but and that's when Chelsea really started to develop wasn't it yeah exactly and straight away from Mourinho joining it he in his first season at the club um in 2004-5 Chelsea won their first title with 50 in 50 years with and they smashed the record of points gained that year with 95 something that would take another few years to be broken, which is just crazy. Then they just went on to retain the Premier League crown a year later and won the FA Cup and League Cup twice with Mourinho in charge. All those trophies in two seasons. And you can't forget about, for example, the semi-finals they had against Liverpool and stuff, where obviously you had that famous goal that went in against them. That should Was it a goal? Was it not a goal? Well, by Was it Raul Garcia, maybe? But, oh, I remember watching that on TV. Controversial or what? I know, but... It just shows how strong of a manager he is. And then, I mean, the relationship he built with John Terry, Didier Drogba, Frank Lampard. I mean, he turned them into Premier League heroes and legends. And that's what I feel Mourinho brings to the club. He makes superstars. And everyone says he doesn't make superstars. He buys them. But look at them three players. you got, like, at a club, you got to build that relationship with exactly. all your teammates, all the staff. And that's what Mourinho loves doing. Any player who gets under the Mourinho um, ideas would die for Mourinho, I think. They would do anything for that man because they know if they do whatever he asks, he's delivering them trophies. And that is what... That's what he did at Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, he's just a fantastic coach for Chelsea and set his career up marvellously by winning everything at Porto and then going on to Chelsea and being successful, showing he can do it in another country. Then you have the, the typical Mourinho thing that follows him around, his third season, what happens at the third season. So Mourinho in his third season at Chelsea left um, and um, I think Avram Grant took over and led them to Champions League final where they lost with John Terry slipping. I mean, let's laugh at that a bit, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, quite, uh, quite a strike moment in football. I know, but... Should have sent us a postcard. <laughs> I mean, it was similar to Caballero's penalty this weekend against um, Everton for Fulham. But that I just don't understand what happens in that third season with Mourinho. But yeah, it, I don't re- it doesn't really matter because of what he does in the first two seasons. So he went off and got sacked and then went, off, uh, went on and done that with Inter, like you just said. So Talk, think... talk about making a great first impression, of course. Mm, no, exactly. And then you... You think, oh, okay, everything's done at Chelsea, and then he returns in 2013-14. It's like he never left. I think, questionably, was he more successful in that second season with the competition of now Man City? Because that that team was strong. I remember when he first joined and he took them up to third place when they were struggling, and then they only finished four points away from title winners at the time, Man City. I mean, you put Mourinho at a, a struggling 18th place team. Mourinho's going to build them up. All right, let's not talk about Tottenham just yet. <laughs> oh, four. <laughs> like, yeah, 
you caught me on there. You caught me on there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's he's just he's just very very strong. And that season when he guided him to third, he reinvested and got Fabregas, great player. Signed Diego Costa. I've read earlier, read the other day Fabregas was talking about the way Mourinho signed him. He rang him up, sat him down. He said, "I'm signing you and Diego Costa. This is what the team's going to look like, and with you in it, we can win the league." Did he exactly. like... He's just he's just firm with it, isn't he? Yeah. He says this. He says that. And then before I'm out of the time, it's it's just happened. Did he lie about it? Of course he didn't. Because that season he earned Chelsea another League Cup triumph, taking it up to third. We'll forget about them beating Tottenham two 0 at Wembley for that. Yeah, soft um, topic. topic. Yes, yeah, yeah, very sore. I mean, that could have been a nice little trophy for the collection, but all right. Um, and then he won his third Premier League the same season, beating Palace one 0 I mean, that season was just another great season. And then, again, third season comes along and Chelsea are left 17th when he, when he leaves. Which... It's like, he, come, he comes and goes. Comes and goes, but delivers success no matter what. It's like one year. Like, he only needs a year. He does the job. He's gone. Exactly. He doesn't need any more time. He, he'll win a trophy for a club. He's got that in his knowledge that he's done perfectly well and he'll just move on. I think you have to look at how successful Mourinho's second seasons are with teams. As you said, the time at Inter when he broke that record, winning the triple, mm. then he wins the league with Chelsea, then he wins it again with Chelsea. I mean, all I'm saying, George's second season at Tottenham, look where he's at. I know, and like two seasons is all it takes because after Mourinho left Inter Milan, mm. the Inter Milan just started dropping. I'm not sure if you've realised, like, you, you you see them start gradually going down and down. Rafa Benitez took in, took charge of them. Huh. Where do you know where they ended in the Syria? What when Rafa was t- taken over? Yeah, go on. Sixth. <laughs> what from winning the triple? Yeah. Oh my god. That is that that is just insane. Like Rafa took over, another head coach took over, and it's just obviously Inter Milan have got back up there now. Yeah. But back then, after Mourinho left, it just they seemed to decline a bit. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's what Jose does. He's top coach, and I think like now that Inter are rising again, but it's another top coach at the helm, Antonio Conte. You know. Yeah. But yeah, clearly Mourinho is just a very strong manager, and I'm very happy he's back at Tot- he's at Tottenham now, and he's back at Tottenham now. He's back at Tottenham. I know, and like. Whenever, when he have got appointed, everyone will say Jose's outdated. Jose's done now. Like this, is, he's gone past his sell by date. Exactly, he's going to play boring football. We're the most attacking team in the league, George. We score goals for fun at the moment. Like we've beat, we're forgetting we beat Man City, Man United six one at Old Trafford. We've just beat Man City two 0 Our defense is the strongest defense in the league. And he's doing. He, it's just incredible well, what he's doing. With no the word of a lie, he's doing a great job at Tottenham. But let me ask you, do you think it was a sensible decision sacking Pochettino? Um, yeah, I mean, you can't say that it wasn't. I mean, at the moment, we've got quite a, we've got a saying within the Tottenham fans. Um, and Mauricio, Mauricio Pochettino taught us how to dare. But Jose Mourinho is teaching us how to do. You know? And I yeah, think I mean, he's going to take us just that step further that Poch just couldn't do. He he would take us to the finals of things and we'd get so close. And he'd make so many strange decisions in, in them games. Like when we play like played an FA Cup semi final playing 
Son, Son Hyung Min at wing back. I mean, he'd never played there before. It just made no yeah, sense. Yeah, I know. Benching Lucas Mora. I mean, of course, Harry Kane is like the player that to start all the time. But you, you, Lucas has just scored a hat trick in the semi final, and you're benching him. And it just felt Maurizio taught us that we can achieve these things, but we were always so close. And I feel Mourinho has got the experience to be a winner. And he's he's teaching the players how to win and grind out victories. Like, we would never have beat, like, West Brom 1-0. We would have just drawn that game 0-0. And it's these sort of results that win you things. And I just think, look, we may be getting ahead of ourselves with this title talk. And I don't want to get, like, too excited. But I thought Man City was going to crush our dreams. So the dream lives for one extra week. And Chelsea's thing is, a hard like, game. You, you're talking about the title and everything, like... That's not the only thing in the horizon right now. You've got the Europa League, exactly. which obviously it, it's not the Champions League at the end of the day, but that will be another trophy that Jose Marino has got his eyes set on. Yeah, I mean, Tottenham Tottenham don't need like four trophies. They just need one trophy right now. We'll take any trophy. Yeah, you need, you need to start the collection off the like, s- sooner or later. I mean, like just... Mourinho, I just can't speak highly enough of the man. Like the signings this man has made, this is this is for the same owner that didn't buy anyone for two seasons, and Jose's just gone and made him spend the most money in ages. He's signed quality and he's signed winners. All of his signings this season have won something, with the exception of Joe Roden, Joe Hart, Premier League winner, Gareth Bale has won everything, um, Sergio Regulon won the Europa League. He's just he's just got the right mindset and I'm just really excited to be a Tottenham fan at the moment. He he needed to get Gareth Bale in personally I think now because you look at Gareth Bale at Real Madrid, he was wasting away. Mm. Of course he was earning a very nice amount of money there. Yeah. But you know he'd be much better off at Tottenham. I know it's just a loan right now. Yeah. Till the end of the season. It just uh, changes the whole mindset of the club. Mourinho and Bale is just what we've been missing, and I'm just very excited about. I, gu- it. I guarantee, if you win the uh, the title this year or just Europa League, I reckon he's going to stay, Gareth Bale. Yeah, I think I think I'm quite positive with Gareth, and he's so happy at the moment. You can see it in all his expressions and everything the Wales managers are saying, like the staff at Tottenham are saying he's happy. He's coming out and saying he's happy. And I think that's the biggest thing for Gareth. He's got his money now and he just wants to be back to doing what he loves, like playing football and being happy. So, Because yeah. he was happy when he first came to Tottenham. Yeah, and he was happy at Madrid until certain things didn't go the way he hoped. And I think he got treated really badly, but we're easing him back into it. We're not expecting too much too soon. And if he can help us win any game like he did against Brighton, I mean, that's all we can ask for him. And I think, yeah, just really good. But you you got to think, Mourinho wins the title this season. Does he stay next season? Um, I I think personally, we're not going to win the title this season. I really would love us. Do to. you think if but you don't I, win it this season, you don't win it this season? Then do you think he'll stay another season to try again? I don't know if I'm an optimistic Tottenham fan, and I speak to my dad about this a lot, and we both seem to have the same kind of idea that Jose's happy as well. This is. This could be Jose's project. No one expects... He's gone to Inter, he's gone to Chelsea, he's gone to Madrid, he's gone to Manchester United. All big clubs. Who's he got left to manage? 
I mean, a big club. This, if he wins stuff for Tottenham, he goes down as one of the greatest. He already is, but he goes down as one of the greatest managers to ever do it. I mean, Tottenham aren't supposed to win things, and he's do. And if he does it with them, like, what else does he want? He can just build and build on his on his successes. And I just think it's, I think it's a match made in heaven, to be honest. And I can see Jose being there a long, long time, and I hope he does stay here a long, long time. I mean, like, even. As a Brentford fan, I really like Jose Mourinho. Yeah, because it he's he's got that wit about it. He's quite funny, like you see on social media that he's just a very funny guy. Yeah, but a lot of people call him selfish, etc. Do you agree? Um, I think he knows what he wants, and he expects greatness, and it it doesn't settle for anything less. And I mean, if that makes him selfish or any of the things. You can see a lot of players don't like him, and a lot of players can't work with him. Look at the likes of Paul Pogba. I mean, like I know, uh, even at Chelsea, he had Joe Cole. Like, look at the great player Joe Cole turned out to be. And at Chelsea, he he said, "You don't defend. You can't play in my team if you don't defend." Joe Cole went away, worked hard, and became a great player for England and Chelsea. And I mean, I think he's done that with Tangi and Dombele as well. I mean, great player at Leon, Tottenham record signing. Awful first season, awful. But then Jose isolates him from the team, says, "No, you need to work my way, or it's out." And it's out. Yeah. yeah. And what's he do? He this this is the difference between a strong player and stuff that he went away, worked hard, and yeah, he's come back really strong this season. So I think Jose's mindset's brilliant. I think with every like as a football player under every manager, you want to do well, you really want to progress and everything. Mm. But I feel under, if you are playing under Jose Mourinho, you feel like you have to go the extra mile. Yeah, I feel like he's he's quite intimidating, not like just on the pitch but off the pitch. So you see any in interviews that he's quite like he's like famous quotes like "If I speak, I am in trouble" because he speaks his mind, and if he says something live, then it's it might offend someone because he just says it how it is, which exactly. it should be. No, exactly, and I think. Jose is a very demanding coach, but players respect it and they respect the honesty. Because if Jose tells you to do something, Jose is a proven winner and you're going to listen. And they, they want to win just as much as us fans want to win. They don't want to look at their CV when they retire and see Tottenham, greatest player, Harry Kane, um, won nothing. If Jose tells him to like make a run this way, make a run that way, he's going to do it because Jose knows. Look what he's done to Harry this season. He's made him into the best player in the league so far, easily with the goals and assists he's created. I mean, he's turned into an, an absolute cheat and it's brilliant, but it's what we needed. We are playing. It is what you needed, 100%. Jose Mourinho does not want to take a club and finish third, second. He wants them at the top. He wants to win trophies. And if he's not impressed by that club, he will leave. Yeah, exactly. So, my, may it continue furthermore, please? Yeah. Yes, I mean, you, you just say you win the Europa League yep. this season. That's going to take you to the Champions League. And Jose, Champions League, one more club. Oh, he'd love it, wouldn't he? He'd love it and Tottenham. It's going to add it to the collection, isn't it? It's like a music library. Yeah, I'll add that one, I'll add that one, I'll add that one. <laughs> yeah, let's just hope he keeps adding them with Tottenham. I don't want him to get too popular and buy and come in for him or PSG. Yeah, he, he personally, he needs to 
he need if if anyone's gonna win Tottenham the trophy, a trophy, it's it's gonna be Jose. I hope so, George. I mean, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see for this, but I think Tottenham have got very good options this season. I mean, overall, Jose Mourinho, I think he he is the special one. He yeah. is the chosen we, one. We had to do an episode about him this week. I mean. What he's doing is just amazing, and he deserves an episode every week. If you ask me, <laughs> I, I think I have to look at my diary if I've got time for that. All right, what you don't want to hear me talk about Tottenham every week, week in, week out. That sounds lovely. No, I think I need to cut off my ears. All right, fair um, enough. So, talk, talking on, uh, moving on. Let's head on to the Champions League. Oh. Something that scares you because you play on Thursday night uh, yeah it just scares off. me because I'm worried that we'll be robbed again by a Musa Sissoko handball that never was but you know <laughs> yeah let's let's kick off with the Champions League this week who uh, we have so obviously last night don't think anyone expected Atalanta to destroy Liverpool's streak I know. at home it's crazy isn't it because you, you look you look back at like players like Hotter just such informed players right now, yeah. And they should be beating at Atalanta, yeah, like they did up, in the first they? leg yeah. away from home. But they struggled, lost two 0 yeah. And that's obviously surprised us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, are they third in the group now at Atalanta, or are Ajax still above them? I'll have to check that out. But yeah, no, Liverpool. Shame for their result, but I don't really care. I'm glad they lose. I've... In 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 that. In that group, you've, you've got struggling teams. FC Mitchelland, of course, that's Brentford's like sister club. Yeah. So obviously, I I do follow them as well because Lasse Vibe, one of our club legends, plays for them. Yeah. And they've only just come into the Champions League, and they're not going to qualify for the next round. You, you kind of feel sorry for them because you you hear stories like this with a team where they start off quite small and then they progress into this. You just want them to go further. And I, I really do feel for FC Mitchelland. Yeah, well, maybe like it would be nice if they could have maybe get that third spot, drop them into the Europa League, have a little run, and maybe they'll have their day out at Tottenham. You never know. It, it, it's you just love seeing these small clubs going far, yeah. even as you said Europa League will be great for them. Yeah, but you just don't see the strength in that much, do they? No, and then as well, you've also got, um, funnily enough, looking at the results now. We we're talking about Portuguese football, like Porto winning two 0 Man City qualifying. I mean, it, it was a weird week for Champions League. Let's be real. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if it's got anything to do with no fans, but like I've kind of stopped following it as much this year. I, maybe it's because Tottenham aren't in it, but it's just not got the same buzz this year for some reason. I feel like I'm not just saying this because I support Brentford. But I think Champions League is very overhyped. I, think I feel it like it gets exciting later on in the tournament. Right? Yeah, it's just a bit like a hundred percent. I do agree with that. I don't want to watch Dinamo Kiev against Barcelona's reserve team. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I mean, but Barcelona, great win for them. Yeah, no, Brave White finally setting his place up. Wow, Braithwaite. He'll be playing at Brentford next week, won't he? <laughs> no, I think he said Middlesbrough wrong. He's going to make a Middlesbrough return, maybe. Oh, okay. Very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, Braithwaite. And then, of course, you've got Dest, who yeah. first American to score for Barcelona. Wow. Um, you've got Man United still performing in the Champions League. Have they qualified now? Ninth, is that who's, 12 points there or who's, who's Man United? I've. No, don't know who they are. Just, do you mean fraud FC? Oh, what did? You, oh God, I don't. We'll talk about that penalty later on in the episode. But that is just shows <laughs> Man United, doesn't it, for you? 
And then PSG beating Leipzig, I'm just worried about one of these teams dropping into the Europa League. I mean, PSG or Leipzig, I worry about us playing against them. I feel I feel PSG will make it. Yeah, so but it's going to be Leipzig dropping into the Europa League, it looks like. You just, with PSG, of course, great names there, but it's just such a money merchandise club. That's what they are, though, isn't it now? I mean, you can say the same about Man City, but PSG, I don't know, you've got to back them any day because you never know if Mbappe and Neymar show up. I mean, it's game over. That was the whole story in the final last year, was whether Mbappe and Neymar show up. But it, it was no problem for Lewandowski and Bayern Munich. No, exactly. But that's just the way it goes sometimes. And if your top players don't show up, like sometimes Neymar regularly doesn't, then you can't be winning things. But I've got something to talk about. Did you see Jaden Sancho's free kick for Dortmund? <sighs> Pinpoint. Is the guy is unreal. Oh, how does he, he? And he still doesn't start for England. This is exciting. Oh, but the the man of the moment right now at Dortmund. He, he, yeah, Jane Sancho's great. Holland. Oh, yeah, I mean two goals in the Champions League. Golden boy. And his, his his manager questions him. You, you saw on social media only two goals. He can score more than that. <laughs> and he what? And he did he score a hat trick on the weekend and then won the Golden Boy of the same morning. I mean. I know, what, what an player. incredible few days for the young man. He's going to go far. What a player. And Chelsea are qualified now as well, haven't they? Or, yeah, I believe they have. Yeah, the Chelsea Chelsea qualified. Men, Mendy back to his old roots at Rennes. Yeah. And, yeah, just as I say, I think the Champions League will light up a bit more as we go further into the competition. But I actually didn't watch any of it. I, I decided to watch the Barnsley-Brentford game, as sad as that, as that might sound. Oh no! Great, great watch, great watch. I don't know it how was, you do it. It it was Boring. the game against Barnsley. You, it was well deserved, well deserved three points. But we we played really responsibly. We went there just to do the job. Mm. There was no, there was no beating around or whatever. We just went there, got the three points, left. I mean, from but, watching it, I feel like. It was you just lack a lot of creativity. I mean, yeah, there, a lot of there, possession, what, but not a lot of chances. This is what I've been speaking to quite a few Brentford fans about. We're really missing Ben Rama. There's there's a lack of creativity in the team. Yeah, there, there's no there's no spark. There's no energy. We're just we're just kind of relying on Ivan Tony up front. Mm, yeah, no, sure. I'm really happy that uh, Fosu did start though. He seemed like a real winner. Yeah, another potential. Jen, you found there, right? Yeah, it, it it seems like he was misjudged, really, because everyone saw like when he came on. Yeah, this guy's great, but Frank always said no. Canos, Canos is starting, but I think he finally listened to the fans. Thomas Frank, he knew he had to play Fosu because we we needed to get those three points at Barnsley because otherwise it would have been a bit of trouble for us heading on to QPR. Yeah, we we need that win against Barnsley, and I think with the players he did choose for that starting eleven, eleven against Barnsley. Yeah, did he have an the eye cra- on the QPR game? Do you think? Sorry, did he have an eye on the QPR game with the selection he made? Do you think? Yeah, of course. I, I actually read an article prior to this podcast recording. Um, 
he's saying Josh because Josh the Silver picked up a bit of a knock um, in the first half, so he was subbed off in the second half. But he says he is fit tomorrow, which is great. Mm-hmm. But um, he's not sure whether he can risk it or not. But he said he's fit. But in December we've got so many games, nine games in total, including the cup. Wow. So it, it's a tough run. He needs to write the. He needs to make the correct selection. What's your squad like? Does it have a lot of squad depth, or do you guys going to struggle it, with right now with, in, with with injuries like Baptiste, of course, and Norgard? He he's our main man in the middle. Yeah, he creates all the opportunities. Uh, we're just missing the squad depth right now. We we have to put on some B team players. Okay. For our subs, yes, so I noticed when I was watching it, he said that one of the commentators said that at the weekend you could only name eight subs. Yeah, that's correct. I thought that was quite—I don't know—that was weird. But... Personally, I, I think heading into tomorrow's game against QPR, it's the it's the game all Brentford fans want to win. Okay. Well, um, we we don't want to lose. And is that but Friday night football? <laughs> Sorry, is that Friday night football. Friday night football oh, at its best. Perfect. Everyone can listen to this podcast and then get on the beers and watch the <laughs> Brentford game. That's the way to do it. And hopefully a big W, a big win for the Brentford fans. Yeah, I'll be tuning in. Good luck. And thank you very much. Um, looking in, so obviously I was talking about Tarek Fosu being a winner. This heads into our next segment, winners and losers of the week. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a strange week, man. I mean, there was some... I mean, a lot of results were quite predictable. I think we got quite a few right, didn't we? We did get quite a few right. Um, but ble- who who do you ble- call, sorry? What were you going to say? I just I, I believe that I did get the Chelsea one right. I think from the top of my head. Okay. Um, I mean, we both. But got yeah, an we Arsenal did get a draw as well, didn't we? Yeah, we got an Arsenal draw. So I think we did get quite a few. But That's reviewing us. reviewing match day nine. Yeah, I let me just announce my winners and losers of the week. Okay. Um. So this is players and the clubs I thought did bad yeah. or good this week. So, Calvert Lewin winner. Yeah. Two most goals. goals in the, most goals in the pen right now. Mm-hmm. Hotter midweek. Uh, Hotter on the weekend. Yeah. He he scored. Um, and it's it's got to be Nicholas Pepe's got to be loser for me because yeah, terrible challenge. It it was. It was quite a bad headbutt, but you shouldn't be doing that regardless. No, for sure. You don't want to be, when Arsenal are mid, mid-table, you don't want to be risking dropping more points by having a man sent off no, and being down to 10 men. Um, Fulham, loser again. <laughs> Penalties, they're good at them. Penalties, I mean... I'm going to start running out of things before they start scoring goals, which are penalties. Um, <laughs> They're going to run out of taking them, George. Exactly. Uh, Sheffield United as well. Another one. Is, they're really struggling, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, unlucky. I mean, they held West Ham quite a while with the game, but then Sebastian Haller just had a bit of a rocket, didn't he? I mean, no one saw that, but... Yeah, a great goal, but yeah, really, when things aren't going your way in football, it just really does go like that. And I mean, Sheffield yeah, United it just seems like everything gets everything, everything gets to you, and you you're just waiting for those first couple of wins to really start getting your momentum going. It needs to happen sooner rather than later because we're getting into December now, and that's dangerous territory to be like bottom of the league with no wins. Exactly. Um, next, we go on to Man City. Loser there. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, because they came up against the best team in the league. So, do you really class them as a loser? Boy, Brentford in the Premier League. That's <laughs> funny. No, you blew that chance, George. Remember. And and I'll um find my final win of the week, Chelsea. I think they've had a brilliant, brilliant campaign so far in the Premier League, Champions League as well. Yeah. Overall, Chelsea are my big winners of the week. Fair enough. Well, I've I've had a few of those thoughts as well. Um, and obviously, I didn't think it was going to be fair or anyone would really receive it very well if I said Tottenham were going to be the winners of the week. So I'm going to leave, try and leave Tottenham out of this as much as I can. Good decision. Um, but yeah, no, my winners was um, Jota as well. He just stepped up and has shown his adaptability in that front three. I mean, Salah's missing. He can replace him. Mane misses. He can replace him. Firmino, he's probably not even going to need a replace him. He'll probably get him out of the team sooner rather than later. Um but yeah, Jota's just been a great, great signing for Liverpool, and I think like almost a bit of a bargain because the way he slotted into that front three is just really good. Straight away, didn't need time at all. Just stepped up. No, yeah, from exactly. Wolves, Liverpool, just got his, just got his head stuck in. And I think Wolves are struggling without him. I think they, I think they relied a bit. They didn't realise. You can really tell. You can really tell that Wolves are struggling right now without yeah, Big I, Man Hotter. I feel like Neto and Pedence maybe just aren't quite as good of, as Jota yet. But yeah, so my winner was Jota. Um, but then I had to mention this one. You're going to hate it, but I had to mention a winner being Ndombele because he was frozen out last season. He's just he from being subbed off at half time against Burnley. Jose and him working together during lockdown when really they shouldn't have been going on them cheeky little jogs. Um, but they <laughs> did. And look at him this season. A great turn and pass to Son. I mean, he sent their Man Cities to Tesco for a meal deal because it was just... <laughs> big, was big BLT. And the delicacy of that ball to Son. It was just beautiful. I just, I mean, Jamie, Jamie Redknapp was craving about it. It was lovely. Um, so, yeah. You got me thinking about food now. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, you got me thinking about Tangi and Dombele. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely. And Dombele's just had a great start to the season and it's just showing that with him in our midfield, we can do it very well. Um, and yeah, my losers, uh, Pepe obviously, came out earlier in the week as well, suggesting how, how he's unhappy at his playing time and then lets himself down and casts even more doubts over his future. And I think everyone's forgetting, Arsenal played, paid £72 million for him. A seventy-two million price tag for Pepe. I think he's been quite the flop. I I think realistically, is Pepe just I will be with a price tag? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, big price tag. Great shout though, because I I won't be had a great weekend as well. I mean, I know, I know, but you, back in the Arsenal days, yeah, no, exactly, yeah, but. Yeah, I just think Pepe, I mean, Arsenal are going to pay it over 100 years and probably like, you know, pay like a pound a year or something. But I don't know, Pepe's just really struggling and that price tag can't be helping him. And I think it'll be getting to his head. And I I don't see him being at the club much longer, to be honest, because he's just really let himself down. He's out of the North London derby now. I mean, is that more of a hindrance to Tottenham that he's not playing? Who knows? <laughs> and then, I mean, for me, the biggest losers of the week, though, were actually Brendan Rodgers and Leicester they really had the chance to just yeah take over Liverpool there I mean they had a huge opportunity to regain take top, top of the league yeah and they just let themselves down with a poor performance against the weak poor, very poor team. performance and they weren't like 
okay, perhaps they weren't expected to win, but I felt like the performance just wasn't there either. I mean, it was just confusing. They've had their injuries as well, but the performance just was just poor. They just didn't offer anything. I know it is. They didn't really, they didn't really show the Leicester that we know. No, and they, I just turned a really exciting game into just a poor, poor game where Liverpool just dominated as if it was just anyone, as if it was Fulham. But everyone has those games, mate. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Brentford had a few last season, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like talking about those kind of like few games. It's where you have the chance to go top. You, have to you need to capitalise on those opportunities and just go through with it. Yeah, no, for sure. So, I feel like there was a lot of agreeing with our winners and losers of the week. But, yeah, look, well, are we going to have a look at what's coming? Uh, yeah, let's quickly head into... Time? Yeah, let's quickly head into match day 10 before we have our trivia answer. Oh, God, I've been thinking about that. And <laughs> I'm thinking of what club... Can I have a clue, maybe? You have no clues. Wow. You, Can I not even you know the club up, he was you... at? All right, you want to have a clue? I want to know the club he was at during this. I think it... Can I tell you the club I think he was at? We'll head into that after our match day 10 review. Okay. Okay, so um, obviously we've got big games this weekend. Obviously, for you, the... huge game for you. I know, Super Sunday looks Ta- quite good. Yeah, Super Sunday does look very good, but the... Headline, obviously, Chelsea, Tottenham, Chelsea, two great informed teams. Mourinho Lampard. to battle it out at the London derby. Mourinho Lampard, the apprentice versus the master, maybe. Who knows? I mean, last season, Lampard literally mugged Mourinho right off and beat him twice. So, it's going to be hard. And I think we just are sometimes so poor against Chelsea that, like, it's going to be a difficult game, but if we win that, oh, don't get me excited. I just don't want my dreams to be crushed just yet. <laughs> Give me a Christmas present of dreams and let us like, win. Come on, let me just have a nice December, no stress. You know? Lovely three points all round. That's what you want. Oh, it'd be beautiful. But personally, I've got a lot of, I've got a few friends that are Chelsea fans, mm. um, but they they keep saying, oh yeah, like it's going to be a tough game. But personally, I think Chelsea are going to win. I do not agree with that one, but I think Tottenham, they're going to carry on with their good streak and they're, they're going to they're going to get the three points, I think. Oh, I really hope you're right, George. I really hope you're right. I mean... Call me, call me crazy for thinking that Tottenham are really going to catalyse on opportunities like this, but I think they've got it in them this I, season. I hope so, George. I mean, that would be lovely. I mean, we've beat them in the League Cup already as well this season. That's an advantage to us, surely. Definitely. So, but we, yeah, that's not the only big fixture we've got, Alfie. Looking no, at other fixtures. I mean, realistically, you've got to look at the two games that are also affecting us. Maybe so, Brighton against Liverpool. Bit of a bit of a boring game. Brighton, can they build on a victory against Aston Villa? I know that is. I don't. I don't think they'll take it. I don't think they'll take it against Liverpool and win. But but then Liverpool have just lost, you know, and I know still got their injuries. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Brighton, but I, I don't, I don't agree with you there. I think Brighton, they're going to lose their momentum there, and Liverpool just, just going to put them to bed. Yeah, and Brighton will be without Tarek Lamptey as well. Red card. I know he's he's been performing superbly though this season. I mean, he's he has been real superbly without a doubt. He's been linked with Bayern as well. I mean, wow. 
And then who else have we got? I mean, we could look at, if we're going to have a quick overview, you've got then Man City Burnley on the Saturday. I mean, hopefully Burnley can build on their clean sheets. I mean, Nick Pope conceded the least, well, has conceded the least amount of clean sheets now. So he's still performing well in my fantasy team. Yes. Um. So yeah, I'd go Man City win still though. I mean, they've got to get some. I I, I don't I I won't agree with that. There, I feel, I feel Burnley might. I think they might build on their uh, victory against Crystal Palace. I Man City without Aguero, obviously their big key player, and obviously losing to Tottenham. I I think I think Burnley might just get a draw out of that. Sure. I think I that would be very important for Burnley as well. I'm loving your predictions. I hope they are all correct. <laughs> uh, it might, yeah, can we delude or whatever? But I, I think Burnley might, might stick to a one-one. I'd love that. Um, then you've got Everton, Leeds United. Tough game, of course. Everton back with a three-two win over Fulham. They looked uncomfortable against Fulham, though. In that they did look uncomfortable, minutes. but at the end of the day. Calvert Lewin is doing phenomenally well. Mm. He's but, he's gonna get a couple of goals in a week, and I, it's gonna be an Everton win for me. Let's just hope he doesn't headbutt Alioski. Yeah, we 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 don't want Alioski to be another victim again this week. As well, breaking news today though: Everton have lost Luca Dean for quite a while now. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually gonna go for draw. I think Leeds are gonna perform mm, and they enough. look very good against Arsenal. I don't really know what that means this season because Arsenal are still I'm not really sure. And then the headline game of a Saturday, I mean a Saturday night football really. West Brom Sheffield United. Bottom against second from bottom. I mean that's exciting. I, I think I'm actually I've got something planned that night. I think I'm that's it. I'm actually taking my plant pot for a walk. Oh I I'm think I, I think I'm I think I'm gonna have to take my plant pot. For, I think I'm gonna have to take my plant pot for a walk that day because I am not watching that. No, I was gonna actually watch paint dry, but you never know. Uh, but both they're they're bigger headline games. Yeah, exactly. But no, uh, again, back into I I think <sighs> Sheffield United West Brom. We're not gonna see a thrilling game. It's gonna both very mildly attacking games. Mm. Quite defense. They both. Obviously, don't want to lose. I think it's going to be a one-one. I'm hoping, and I'm. I think I've got a feeling that Sheffield United might start their run here, and I reckon they can get a two-nil win. I mean, right? Yeah. So I, Fair enough. I think they'll they'll perform. And then you go on to Sunday's games. Obviously, we've spoken about the Chelsea Tottenham one being the headline. You've got Southampton who are flying at the moment. Theo Walcott scoring his first goal for Saints in however long it's been. I mean, that was the stat. Um, and then they're playing Man United. Yeah, I, I, I think Southampton. I think personally, Southampton could do a bit of damage there. I hope so. I mean, again, I'm I'm happy for any of these big teams to lose points against anyone. <laughs> yeah, because obviously that keeps you. Yeah, at bay, of or... course. And I just think Man United need. A, I want I want Southampton to win three 0 and it's be three penalties. And I hope the hair saves all of them, but they get them retaken. And Southampton score each one because what happened to West Brom on the weekend was just a joke. I mean, very unlucky. The Conor Gallagher one. How was that not a penalty? How did yes. how did the VAR rule that out? If that doesn't happen to anyone apart from Man United, 
Oh no, it's just you see stats with like fifty percent of uh Bruno Fernandez's goals have been penalties. It's oh, like ridiculous. United have been very lucky this season. We don't want that tally to continue as neutral fans there. So I I I think there's gonna be a Southampton win there. Yeah. I uh, obviously them and then I think they're because they're missing players like Danny Yings, but Southampton this season, I think you really, really you go you go to matches like these, and you you want to get those three points, of course, against big big teams. Yeah. So I think Southampton might bring something to the table on the weekend. Yeah, and then wrapping up Super Sunday um, after the Chelsea Tottenham game is Arsenal Wolves. That's that's quite interesting. I think that'll be a mid table clash, yeah, isn't it? Big mid table clash. Whoa. Sounds weird saying that. I know. I mean, Arsenal. Will they? When are they going to? You, know, you think of Arsenal, you might. You 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 think of bottom table clash now, don't you? you? Do. I mean, Arsenal TV will be very fun, won't it? Oh, funny, funny channel. It is, but I mean, what can you do? I mean, Arsenal. They're, they're... I think Arsenal. Will, I think Arsenal. Uh, as long as I, I know they're doing underperforming right now, but I think they. They're gonna get their wins sooner rather than later, yeah. and it's it's gonna be against Wolves. Yeah, I reckon they'll be they'll win as well, to be honest. And then finally, you just got two games left on the Monday, and you've got Leicester City who are gonna look back at getting to winning ways against Fulham, and I can't see it going any other way than that. No, won't 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 go wrong. Fulham, oh yeah, like as a Brent fan, this might be a bit biased, but they they're the, they're very consistent at being bad. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I mean, maybe they'll I, see. We'll see the fourth penalty taker by Fulham now. This on this game, and maybe maybe that'll be Aurier in goal taking it. Think, <laughs> oh, he's got a good kick. Maybe I'll take it. I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, they need to try something. And yeah, I just see a Leicester win and them getting back to their best. And who we got at the end uh, last um, game against Villa? I mean, Ollie Watkins side Van Rama are back together. <sighs> About the Brentford, it'll be, um, if we're, it'll be like that um, video have you seen of Lewandowski and Royce when they're at opposite clubs and yeah, oh, I yeah. mean, it, it'll, it'll be a love story reunited again, won't it? I'm gonna go for a West Ham win, I think. Yeah, me too. So they're enough. doing the I think Aston Villa in a bit of a phase right now, dropping points against Brighton and stuff, yeah. So I, I'm gonna go for a West Ham win, they're doing phenomenally right now, so me too. And I think West two Ham, nil, two nil, two nil West Ham for me. Yeah, me. I'll go exactly the same. And I think Mikel Antonio is looking to be back for West Ham, and that can only make them stronger. To be honest, they've done really well. So yeah, that's this week's games coming up for you guys. This looks like a exciting, exciting few games ahead this weekend. It always is um, Premier League. Who have you got? Obviously, you got the QPR game we spoke about. Yeah, that. QPR. So obviously, three points as I mentioned earlier in the episode. It's a uh, it's a must game, Brent, Brentford games, Brentford game that we want to win. It's it's the best for the fans of West London derby. Yeah, well, brilliant. Good luck to you. So thank you very much, and good. No, not good luck to you. <laughs> um, so have you had a think about our little trivia question? I have, I have, I have, I have, George, and I want my clue that you promised me. Who was he the manager oh. of? Oh yeah, the clue I was going to give it to you. Ah, oh, you interrupted me. I was going to say you get the clue after you answer it. <laughs> There's always a twist and a tail. Okay, Go on. George, repeat this question to me one more time. I've got two ideas. 
In 2011, Jose Mourinho was the front cover for which famous magazine? Okay, so the fact that it's a headline means it's not a football magazine. No. Okay, okay. And I'm going to say he was Real Madrid manager then. Right. That's that's my guess. So I'm going to say it was a Spanish version of something. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) And... This is the, and I know, I'm pretty sure, oh, this is the, it is all piecing together. This could be the biggest conspiracy of my life, or <laughs> it could be absolute genius. I'm hoping for Go the for second. <laughs> I know that Mourinho won the Copa del Rey in his first season at Madrid, and I believe it was in 2011, which makes me think it was a Spanish version of this magazine. And, yep, <laughs> and this makes me think: What happened in that Copa del Rey game? What was so special? I mean, was was it the season Gareth ran down the wing? I'm not sure, so I'm not going to go with anything to do with Welsh guys. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's the season Sergio Ramos threw the Copa del Rey off the bus, <laughs> <laughs> and the bus ran it over. Right, the the bush has taken enough beat, and now and, we want an answer. And I'm sorry, but that sounds a bit rock and roll to me. Oh, but then that's just my imagination. But the other inclination is Mourinho in Spain, fashion icon, really, isn't it? A nice red black suit in the hot weather, oh la la, which is making me think right. of fashion magazine. Right, what's your answer, mate? Have you got any clues for me? <laughs> you, you, you've hit, you've hit quite a few. You've hit a lot of a lot of st- uh, birds of a stone. <laughs> but I could be so wrong and look an absolute melon here. Right, go on, give us your answer. Ah, uh, George, I think. <laughs> oh, I feel very silly suggesting this. I feel Jose Mourinho was the cover of. A magazine after winning the Euro, the Copa del Rey, and smashing it off the bus in true rock and roll fashion, meaning that he would be on the front of a Spanish version of a rock and roll magazine. That's correct, but can I have the magazine name <laughs> in Spanish? <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. You, you, you hit the nail on the head there. You just you, you can't get the you don't know the name of the magazine, do you? So it is a rock. It, oh. It is a rock and roll magazine. How many points will I get for that? Uh, three points to Tottenham's Gryffindor. Okay, well, yeah, I'm going with that as my answer, but do you need the name? Yeah, we need the name. What's a rock and roll magazine? I don't know. Right. I've given you enough time for this. You don't, you're not getting free. I'll give you one point for him. For knowing like Spanish and what kind of version that's, of magazine it was, you get what well, you get. You get a draw here. This is in 2011. Jose Mourinho was in the front cover of Rolling Stones magazine. <sighs> I hate you so much. You you hit you 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 was right on it. You was right on the mark. I hate you, so but you just couldn't get the name. You, you very very good thinking there. <laughs> but you are correct. You've got a draw for yourself. But next game. You, you gotta think tactically better. I want this going to VAR, and by next week, I want this. <laughs> we'll have a look. We'll have an we overlook next week. And I week. hope you're ready next week to answer whatever the topic is on, because I'm going to be asking for the gardener 
who walks his dog. <laughs> All right, you, you you do that, my friend. You do All that. Right, but it's been it's been an absolute pleasure talking about Jose Marino and everything we've covered today. Yeah. So, guys, I'm gonna leave you here now, saying thank you for tuning in to another episode on the ball with me, George Bruce, and me, Alfie Chapman. See you next week, guys. Thank you. See you next week, guys. Let's go out with a bang. <laughs>